Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. Now in the Wings, a programme where artists talk about their work and their journey towards performance. Lucy Ryan, Director of Programming and Finance at Smock Alley Theatre and dramaturg Pamela McQueen talk about the Baptiste programme, Smock Alley's ambitious initiative to develop new dramatic writing with Irish writers of colour. Hi, my name is Lucy Ryan. I am the Director of Programming and Finance at Smock Alley Theatre. Hi, my name is Pamela McQueen. I am a dramaturg of primarily new plays. Smock Alley is on Exchange Street Lower by the River Liffey in Temple Bar. It's a very good question. A dramaturg is a very strange word from the German theatre tradition, but really it's development of scripts and then helping to edit them with the writer as they grow through several drafts, hopefully to the rehearsal room. Smock Alley is a small theatre with a big history. We reopened in 2012. We are two theatre spaces, the main space and the boys' school, and we have an event space up in the banquet hall. But the history of Smock Alley is is much, much older. The original Theatre Royal of Dublin was built on the site at Smock Alley in 1662, and for 150 years, it was the centre of cultural life in Georgian Dublin, famously under the auspices of the manager Thomas Sheridan. Great plays of the Restoration era, Congreve, Sheridan, School for Scandals, The Rivals were all performed at Smock Alley. And uh, every night, six nights a week, 300 people would stuff into the to the theatre to see the current plays and dramas and music and poetry, as well as political discourse and general gossiping would would happen at Smock. So it was absolutely fundamental to the to the cultural life of, of the city at the time. So we're right on the corner of Fishamble Street, the oldest corner in Dublin, we like to think, facing the river. The building survived because after the theatre closed in the 1790s, it was a whiskey storehouse for a while. But then it was taken over and, and became a church in about 1810. And it was the Church of St. Michael's and St. John's and existed as a church right up until the 1980s. And we still have patrons who come in and say, oh, I was married here or my parents, my father went to school in the old boys school. or So it still has a connection to the community around it as a church and as a, as a parochial house. And then it was the Viking Adventure Centre for a while in the 90s. And it wasn't until 2012, as I said, when it was taken, uh, refurbed as a theatre. I had been talking to Lucy um, when she originally um, took over at Smock Alley just in relation to new work, new plays, um, playwrights themselves. And then as we kept going with our conversations and we, I'd done a little bit of work with Seen and Heard and therefore, you know, early career writers, the conversations became a little bit more specific about where would you take a programme for early career writers? And we both sort of identified that there was this lack of writers of colour on the stage in Ireland. So that was where the initial conversations came out of. And then, of course, the Rachel Baptiste connection became apparent around about the same time. And so it seemed like a natural home sort of to honour her. The Baptiste programme was put together by myself and Pamela McQueen last year. I discovered the story of Rachel Baptiste actually during lockdown, early lockdown. I sent an article in a, on a great website called Headstuff, actually. It was an article from an academic in, in UCC. 
And Rachel Baptiste was a black Irish singer and performer who performed on the Smock Alley stage and other stages in the city around 1750. Now, there isn't a huge amount known about her. There isn't a huge amount written down about her and we have no picture of her. But we have descriptions of her and she was Irish, but she was described as where used to wear beautiful gowns of orange silk and flowers in her hair. And she was predominantly a singer, but a performer. She left Dublin after a while and went to London and the UK and made a career for herself um, there, which uh, I think a lot of actors and actresses recognise that journey of going from Dublin to, to London. But she she was part of our history and, and I hadn't heard of her before. The Seen and Heard programme has been running for a number of years now, led by Cleena Jukes and Quiva Connolly at Smock Alley. So it's really a festival that happens every year, usually in kind of January, February. And it's a, it's, it's a huge platform of work. There's hundreds of play readings, um, semi-staged readings put on for a couple of nights each. And really, if anyone knows what a scratch night is like, it's like that, but a scratch night festival over sort of 10 days, two weeks even. So it's a huge kind of uh, grassroots area for artists developing new ideas and new works, a real engine house of Irish theatre. What's fascinating about Rachel Baptiste is that she's a woman of colour, she's, she's black and Irish. Though, as I say, we haven't got a huge amount of detail, historical detail about her parents, but we believe that she was born in Ireland. And I just found it was fascinating that despite the fact of all the history that we have on the theatre and great actors who've performed there from Peg Woofington to David Garrick in that period of time I had no knowledge of Rachel so it felt to me that I wanted to bring her back into the history of the building and I wanted to celebrate her and from once I learned about her then I thought well I was also thinking about running a, a writing program specifically about investing in the development process and then professionalisation of young writers and giving opportunities to young writers and we just thought that this would be a good way to frame the programme? Well, the first one was very much a pilot programme. So we wanted to make sure that it was as useful as possible for the writers. So it breaks down into a few different sections. So the very first part of it is that we all come together as a group to create a peer support network, you know. And I do an introductory kind of four classes of a kind of teaching module, if you like. The first one is structure and form. The second one is characterization. The third one is language. And the fourth is the idea of the visual score of the 3D staging of the piece. And it brings us all together in a kind of same page and kind of puts us in the space of the language we use around theatre. And there's a little bit of examination you have to do with that because it is a very Eurocentric language that we use, generally speaking, in theatre that comes from those Aristotelian ideas of the well-made play. So you have to make sure that you're looking beyond that into work of like, you know, playwrights like Walia Selenke, who are, you know, the famous Nigerian playwrights and folk like that. So that you're making sure that you're accessing narrative language and stories which aren't just Eurocentric. So that's very much an intensive opener of the piece. We represent a wide range of young theatre artists and yet we weren't seeing the same diversity out in the, the population on our stages. And we understand as an organisation, we understand that in order to diversify your audience, you need to diversify the, the artists who are on your stage. And this programme specifically looks at black Irish or writers of colour.
first of all, myself and Pamela started to talk and I knew I wanted to work with Pamela and I knew I wanted, I have some script editing skills myself, but I knew I needed somebody who was going to dramaturgically lead this project and, and she was fantastic. We work brilliantly together. It's been a great connection. So once we started to talk, then we knew what shape we wanted, but we knew it was a pilot project. So once we had spoken to the Arts Council and, and applied for some money and, and received funding and from Dublin City Council, actually, Rather than go out wide, we set an invitation and we invited our first writers to join us because we knew we had a lot to learn. This was going to be our kind of our pilot year. So we invited Colin Smith, C.N. Smith, uh, Kwaku Fortune, Mary Duffin and Amanda Azams to join the programme. And they all joined in January 2021. There was that thing of going, who is already practising in the field? What black theatre artists do we have in the country already working? And can they be supported to grow their writing skills and grow their theatrical voice is sort of the initial starting point, do you know? And then this second round where we did the open call was really interesting because one of the applicants uh, in interview had a really interesting thing to say which was that there isn't no black writers in Ireland they just aren't in the theatre field and I think that's really important about kicking open a door to have people walk through into the theatre world of Ireland. As a year went on, they spent time working one-on-one with Pamela to develop their scripts. They had spent time in masterclasses with leading um, British and Irish writers, including Sonia Kelly, uh, Mason Bawaye, and Inua Elams this year, and we'll hopefully have the same writers for next year. And then we did this one-off reading in June, which was just was for no audience. It was just for the writers to be able to hear their words spoken with a cast. And then the culmination was these readings in August, which were full staged readings uh, led by directors Aoife Spillane-Hinks, Annabel Cummin, Jim Cullerton and Mark uh, Borlackinson. And they they were directed, the casts were, were brought together and each of the four writers then had the experience of watching their drafts be uh, developed and rehearsed and then presented um, as readings on the Smock Alley stage. In the earliest stages, what I'd call kind of conceptual development, you actually might end up doing things like a lot of research, depending on it could be, say, a historical play. So you could be looking at, you know, research around a historical figure or it could be geographical based, you know, different countries. Multicultural work often involves things like looking at different cultural traditions, language, expression, things like food even, you know, the, the social norms of how people live. Later on, you go into a different stage. When you go through that generative stage, then hopefully you've got the characters, story scenes, and it becomes a little bit more about how you structure that narrative. What's the flow of the whole drama? And also the big question, what's the form? What type of theatre is this? What type of play are you writing? You know? I think it's really revelatory for a writer to hear their words spoken like that. They, particularly some of them have a performance background. Kwaku in particular is, is a well-known and established actor now. So they've seen it from the other side. But then to be the writer, to actually hear the words spoken, to hear the scenes play one after the other, to understand the dynamic of that, to understand how scenes sit together, to understand how the tension develops, how escalation develop all those kind of things become very very obvious they're so much more difficult to do when you're just reading it yourself so it's a really important part of the process there's a key aim of the program which is about integrating these the writers who are on the program into the sector and giving them the opportunities to make connections so those workshops which are two or three days long 
where they can meet the actors, they can meet the directors. That allows them to build their own network into the sector. Well, actually, you just take a whole step back and you go, how do you create this form in terms of the first thing you do in site-specific world, you do a site visit and you look for story in place. And so it's a different approach maybe to going into my own head and thinking, where is the world that I want to create from my own head? Say, for example, in that site-specific form, you're looking at the world and pulling character from the world. And so I happen to sort of have worked in that field and know some practitioners about how you kind of approach that in terms of breaking down place, looking for story, looking for character. So that's where we started in terms of that work. (laughs) We'd love to be able to work with these writers going forward into the future. There is always an idea that the aim of the of the scheme or the programme is to get to a stage where you have a decent first draft at the end. So we know that myself and Pamela know that the process of developing a script can be a long one and a detailed one. We wanted to make introductions to the sector with these scripts. We're very much hoping that further life will be found for some of them or all of them. And if it's not the play itself, then it's the writer themselves will have further relationships with Smock and with other theatres. So, yes, we're hoping for for a future for all of them. Well, I suppose the, the first part is you're not prescriptive. It is whatever people themselves want to write and bring from their own cultures, because we use this generic term black Irish. But what we're actually really saying in, in real terms is Irish Ghanaian, Nigerian Irish, South African Irish, because people bring their own identities and cultures And you don't want to um, glide over those. These are all individual voices, you know. So we're very open in terms of the form that the work takes. So even in the pieces last year, you would see that like Azara Mandazams had a piece that was full of music and poetic spoken word and movement. Whereas somebody else, like we'll say C.N. Smith, was very pure literary text-based work. And we support the full range of those expressions. You know, there is no one way to write a play in the Baptiste programme. We support you in the way that you want to express your voice on stage, you know. You look at different expressions and forms on stage and also the idea that certainly in the West African tradition, the idea of coming together and storytelling and that that is done in a group context And so that's a little bit different in terms of narrative structure. You might think in a little way, I suppose, it'd be something similar to the old Irish folkloric story structure. It might be more circuitous and it might turn back on itself a little bit more, whereas the well-made play idea is very much beginning, middle, end. In terms of selection, we were looking for writers with a voice, writers who had some something to say. We were looking for writers who had a certain amount of experience but not necessarily in the theatre world. So we were looking at writers who might have had a spoken word background or a poetry background or a literary uh, background. So we were looking to writers with experience on that level who would be ready to engage with the process of actually writing a script. First year in the pilot programme, we had Mary Duffin, who wrote a play called The End. We had uh, Ozara Amanda Asams, who had wrote a play called Forest Babe. C.N. Smith and... A trip to the Beach and then Kwaku Fortune. The play was called It's Cool in the Shade. So we're delighted to say we have put out a call for applications there at the beginning of November and we've managed to select four new writers for Baptist Programme 2022, which we're really excited about. 
we'll run it along the same lines. We're going to give them a little bit longer, a little bit more time in the summer for writing. We may add in some more workshops, some more masterclasses. We may add in a couple of other bits and pieces, but essentially it's the same structure and it will culminate with a rehearsed reading of the draft at the end of the term. So our four writers for next year are Nandifa Jola, Asosa Igodaro, Ikena Anya Buike, and Dagogo Hart. And we selected all four of them based on quite a simple process. We were very aware that there's so many application processes out there and we didn't want to burden anyone with too much of a of, a, of having to write a huge dissertation or something. So we basically asked for their CV and we asked them to answer a question about what the Rachel Baptiste programme would do for them. What were they hoping to get out of it? And based on, uh, on that question, their response to that question, their actual CV and their experience. And then we did a shortlist and we had some interviews. That's how we made the selection. So that was an open call, which was great because it was put out through a lot of different channels across social media. So all of the folk who'd been involved in this year as directors and so forth and different theatre companies, they put it out to their channels. But we also reached out to some of the black Irish communities who did, for example, the Black History Month, those folk online and on Facebook, who also shared it out across their channels as well, which meant that we had like a wide reach. And so we had, I think it was 16 or 18 applicants this year from lots of different uh, disciplines of writing, from journalistic to spoken word to poetic. So there was a really broad range there, which was just really interesting to see. There were several who were coming not from a theatre background, but wanted to use the stage as a way of exploring their own voice. And that was really interesting. So particularly from a, like a poetry or a spoken word background, and were eager to learn the dramaturgical skills that Pamela will be able to, to teach them to understand the, the form, actually, and then know how to explore their narrative in that way. It is. Obviously, definitely, it is the job of a writer, but it's sort of like somebody to bounce all that off, do you know? and do that kind of exploration with. And it changes as well on the stage of the writer's career. So somebody who is starting out, maybe their first or second play, you know, there's, you're looking at probably the whole of the play, the whole process of the play, the whole structure of the play. Whereas sometimes with more experienced playwrights, they come to me and it's things like they want to shift into a new form. They want to explore you know, a new way of writing, like recently somebody who came to me and they wanted to do site-specific theatre for the first time. The nature of story, I think, is in some ways how you tell it and where you're coming from. Even though the bare bones of a story may be the same, we all tell it in very different ways and we see it from very specific perspectives, you know, from bottom up or top down, you know, kind of thing. So I think... Yeah, I think there are different versions of the same story to be told and there's different ways for us, the audience, to understand what's important in those stories as well. I think we learn different lessons from the way the different ways stories are told. Oh, I've been doing this for far too long. <laughs> I was big into theatre in college, in Trinity at the time, um, and big into players in the early 90s. And then um, I went to London to do an, an arts admin course. And while I was there, I, the, uh, the Donmar Warehouse was uh, looking for a general assistant. And so I applied for the job and managed to get it. So it was kind of my big break and probably my only break. 
in the 1996, I think it was, 1997, which is fantastic because it was under the auspices of Sam Mendes and uh, Caro Newling and the great casting director Anne McNulty and Lucy Davis, who now runs the Royal Court, actually. And they were the team who were there and I joined them and I was there for four or five years and it was the, the best training ground ever. That was my start, yeah. I got into this business through UCD Dramsock. I would have done my English degree with a major in drama, so that's the literary component, if you like. But then I was the production manager for Dramsock and I was banished to Lair Hork to come on the freshen at the same time. <laughs> so after college, I actually became production manager of the Dublin Fringe Festival for a couple of years and worked uh, although we had a little fringe company like everybody does with new plays, I had this sort of technical working life. So I also then, after that, became a stage manager at the Abbey Theatre, where I was simultaneously a reader for the literary department <laughs> and ended up working quite a lot in the Peacock Theatre, which was then purely new writing continuously, and had Jocelyn Clark as the dramaturg. So I worked quite closely with Jocelyn then, on those new plays and as a reader for the new plays coming through open submission into the Abbey and really just loved it so much that wanted to focus my career in that area and decided basically I was going to do that by thankfully getting a bursary from the lovely Dublin City Council to do a master's over in the University of Glasgow in dramaturgy and playwriting and while there I also worked as associate dramaturg at the Tron Theatre for four or five years, completed the master's in four or five years there. So, yeah, so that was kind of both technical, academic training and training uh, on the job. When I left uh, Donmar, I actually went to work for a film company, um, Pathé Pictures in London. It was very good timing because um, the first day of my job was the weekend of the Oscars and Sam had just won for American Beauty. So it was good timing. So I was in London until uh, working in, in film, actually, and TV as a script editor. And so that's where I gained my script editing skills and freelancing and doing a variety of projects. I did a lot of work for the Irish Film Board, as it was then, as a reader. And then came back with my family in, in 2012. And, and the first job I did once we were all settled is I started to work with Annie Ryan at Corn Exchange. And so I worked with Annie for five or six years brilliant time. We made some fantastic projects, including uh, A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing with the incomparable Aoife Duffin and the wonderful text by Emer McBride that Annie had adapted. We also did The Seagull with a female Constantine in the gaiety as part of DTF um, and a variety of other projects. It was amazing. To, uh, we restaged Dublin by Lamplight, uh, which was the Michael West and Annie play from 10 or 15 years earlier. We restaged that at the Abbey, on the Abbey stage in 2017, I think it was. So that was a fantastic time. And then after a corn exchange, I came to, to Smock Alley in, in 2019. So I started in Smock Alley and did in August 2019. And then we were closed by March 2020. So difficult times. Ignoring the COVID impact, I think there's actually a great resurgence in Irish theatre writing in the last couple of years. I think there was a a cultural shift probably in the noughties away from the solo authored work and there was more of a focus on ensemble and actually we've got a little bit of a swing of the dial going back to if solo authored work or at least a author in the room with an ensemble. So I see a great kind of flowering of Irish theatre writing at the moment and I think even if you looked at the Dublin Theatre Festival this year you'd see there was about 11 new plays many of which were like great successes and very favourably received across multiple different forms of theatre. 
That was Lucy Ryan, Director of Programming and Finance at Smock Alley Theatre and dramaturg Pamela McQueen, talking about the Baptiste programme, Smock Alley's ambitious initiative to develop new dramatic writing with Irish writers of colour. The producer of In the Wings is Kevin Reynolds. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.